0: hello and welcome to the tech.eu podcast where we discuss the most interesting and important stories from the european tech scene that have happened this week uh it's with myself neil murray and roxanne vaza hi roxanne
1: hey neil So this week, we'll be diving into um, a little bit more funding from Europe. So we're going to be talking about the funding situation in Q2 of 2015. And then we're going to take a bit more of a deep dive into two ecosystems that perhaps get a little bit less attention than the others, but are up and coming. So we'll look at Turkey and Spain.
0: Cool. So should we kick things off with Q2 funding?
1: Yeah, let's take it away.
0: So in Q2, um, European tech companies raised a total of 3.47 billion in venture capital, which is bigger than Q1. And it actually puts Europe on course to raise over 10 billion euros in a calendar year for the first time. It will probably be an increase of at least 20% from last year. So following themes that we've talked about before on the podcast, there's clearly more capital coming into Europe. Um, Some of the most interesting things to pull out of it were that Uh, Sweden has really emerged as a magnet for uh, venture capital in Europe of course they actually had the biggest round in Q2 with Spotify raising 526 million dollars but even if you withdrew Spotify from the equation Sweden would actually be coming in ahead of France and only behind UK Germany and Israel as a country that raised the most in Q2 so I feel like this kind of quarter or this year has really seen the emergence of Sweden as a strong contender for for one of the areas in Europe that raises the most money. Last podcast, we talked about the fact that European VC firms had raised $2 billion in Q2. Well, with the companies themselves raising about $3.5 billion, there's clearly a gap and some room for more European-focused venture funds. Um, it also shows that US companies are filling this gap at the moment. That's where the gap has mainly been filled. Interestingly, late-stage capital was easier to raise than ever before. We spoke about that with the big, large rounds that had been raised in the first half of the year. But interestingly there was a big gap at series c so while people were going on to raise these later rounds there was quite a gap at series c only seven series c's in q2 so this is worth keeping an eye on in terms of a bottleneck and finally i guess the most interesting thing was or i guess this is almost like a, a little disclaimer for europe when you look at these type of analyses is that Europe's diversity is both its biggest strength but also its biggest weakness in terms of comparing it to the US and Asia. Obviously there's a lot more smaller countries than there are larger countries so when you're looking at median round sizes, average round sizes, then we're always going to pale in comparison to the US and Asia. And actually the median seed round in Europe in Q2 was only 700,000. So I was really surprised that this was so low but I'm definitely putting it down to our diversity. So those were some of the key findings.
1: That's a really interesting point about the comparison of the different markets. I feel like when we look at, I mean, obviously Europe, it can be considered one market, but it's definitely not one country. So we have so many different barriers to come across. But when we look at Asia, I mean, you have a dominant large market, China, obviously. When you look at the U.S., you have the same thing. So I'm wondering, I often struggle with this, like how much does it actually make sense to compare these across the board? <laughs> But now let's take a bit of a deep dive into these two uh, countries that we mentioned were kind of up and coming. So looking at Turkey first, uh, we published an article uh, by Turkish entrepreneur and author Serkan Ansel earlier this week on the first half of 2015. I think probably the hottest news to come out of Turkey was the acquisition of, I'm going to completely mispronounce this, but Yemek Sepi by Berlin-based Delivery Hero. So this is in the food ordering and delivering space. Uh, That company was acquired for $589 million, uh, which is just huge for Turkey. I don't know if they've ever had acquisition of that size. Um, obviously Yemeksepi which uh, literally means food cart in Turkish is operating not only in Turkey but also in neighboring countries and in the regions so we have countries like Lebanon Saudi Arabia Qatar Greece and it's not it's not a startup that was just funded you know a few years ago it's actually been around for 15 years and I think probably one of the most interesting things that happened with this acquisition which was uh, when the founder, uh, Nevzat Aydin carved out literally 27 million. This was all over the press 27 million and provided each of his 114 employees with a 200K plus bonus, which is essentially 150 times the average monthly wage for different Turkish employees. So, have you seen this kind of thing happen before? I don't feel like this has ever happened in Europe.
0: No, I had a quick look into this. I couldn't ever see this happening in Turkey before. I couldn't even see this happening in Europe before. Um, I did see a couple of examples in the U.S. So uh, a U.S. businessman, J.C. Huzenga, once gave 570 employees. uh, I think he split about $6 million between them after he sold two companies. And another American entrepreneur, Bob Thompson, well, actually, his bonuses range from $200 to a little more than $1 million per employee. Um, So it doesn't seem as perhaps democratic as the Turkish one, where every employee kind of got the same amount. So yeah, no, I think it's pretty much a first. What's interesting is you touched on the, the average wage for what the average wage was in Turkey. And even if you look at the company itself, my understanding it was about their average monthly wage actually at the startup was about $1,000, $1,500. So it wasn't like they were actually getting paid a lot anyway there. So this bonus was completely kind of above what they probably expected from the sale.
1: Yeah, I think this is a, a terrific example, and hopefully we'll see additional companies do this throughout Europe. That is essentially on the acquisition side. Obviously, there's a lot more happening in Turkey than just this. Uh, we had a couple big rounds of funding, including Izico, which is essentially aiming to become the stripe of the region. They raised $6.2 million. Uh, We had Mondaniza, which is an Islamic e-clothing website operating in the EMEA region. They raised $5.5 million and we had An which is essentially the diapers.com equivalent, raising $4 million. Um, Turkey actually had nine rounds of funding in H1 that surpassed $1 million. So when actually like digging into who's funding these companies, it does look like a lot of the VCs uh, are actually international VCs, so not Turkish-based. And quite a few, I was expecting to see more European VCs investing. It actually looks like Quite a few are U.S. and even Silicon Valley-based. So it's interesting to kind of look at what's going on there. But there are a few Turkish investors that I think are worth knowing. Looks like Turkey-based 212 and Revo Capital are probably two of the good funds to have on your radar. And then Haslan Aslanoba is essentially the big kind of super angel that seems like everybody in Turkey knows. Um, He's funded more than 40 startups since 2013. I think he did four investments in H1 of this year. And then we have quite a few verticals as well that seem to be performing really well, at least in terms of investment. So everything that would be in SaaS, marketplaces, IoT, and then fintech seem to be doing particularly well. Um, and in terms of the angel investment activity, it looks like it's actually on the increase. And this is most likely due to the tax credit changes that the Turkish government implemented earlier this year. So now what they're doing is they're actually accrediting different investors. I think they have over 300 that are currently accredited investors that can put money into startups. And these people can deduct up to 75% of their investments from their income tax. But I'm wondering, actually, I mean, it sounds like a lot of good news, obviously. So we have a lot of companies getting funded. We have some great investors. We have international investors, huge acquisition. But how does Turkey actually stack up in the big scheme of things?
0: I had a quick look and so in the first half of the year essentially they raised around 35 million dollars in total approximately. Um, In terms of how that stacks up to the rest of Europe I mean it's not too far off what Belgium raised in Q2 alone and obviously Belgium isn't known for attracting the most venture capital in Europe so just to kind of put things in perspective I would say that Turkey although it's looking promising it's still kind of pales in comparison to most countries in Europe. It definitely wouldn't be in the top 10. We're probably looking around between 15th and 20th in terms of European countries, in terms of the amount of venture capital that the country raises. Um, But I guess if the money stays within Turkey, this big exit for Turkey could actually see increased activity in the ecosystem as well. We're already seeing this slow bandwagon of deals flowing through. So with this big exit, that might also add a little bit of fuel to the fire.
1: Yeah, and I'm thinking especially a combination probably of the way that he distributed the bonuses from the acquisition and I don't know if the uh, angel investment tax credit is going to impact any of those people, but hopefully the combination of the two will have a good impact on Turkey. But it's interesting to know that it's still not anywhere even near the middle, but it is inching its way up. So now I think we'll turn our attention to Spain. And obviously, from a podcast a few weeks ago, we mentioned that Catalonia was the first Spanish region to legalize Airbnb, which can probably lead many listeners to think that not a lot is going on in Spain. But actually, that's not true at all. The country is actually performing very well. And I think in terms of investment uh, in H1, pulled in over 200 million. So that goes into 91 different deals. That's actually quite a lot. It's ranked essentially ninth in terms of countries for venture capital funding in Europe after the UK, Germany, France, and Netherlands. Um, Alex from tech.eu actually wrote a funny post a few years ago. It was in 2003 titled, The Spanish VC Problem Is That It Doesn't Exist. And so I'm wondering now if we're starting to see a change. I have to catch up with Alex and see if he would if he would agree on that. But we've seen some very big rounds of funding, including Wallapop, which brought in $40 million and is rumored to be raising a 100 million round. So I'm wondering, actually, if that would be a first in Spain. I don't know of any 100 million rounds that have come out of the country. And we have two other very big rounds. I mean, quite a few, actually. So we had 11 that were over 5 million. But the other two that are probably worth noting are Job and Talent raised 23 million, and Peer Transfer, 22 million. So, actually, I was surprised because we have quite a few that are funded by Accel Partners, uh, Wall of Pop, Peer Transfer, Fever. Have you noticed Excel being particularly active in Spain? I mean, did you know about that? And do you think that they're active in other pockets throughout Europe that maybe people are less aware of?
0: Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know about their increase looking at Spain. Obviously, they do quite a few investments in Nordics, UK, Germany. But actually, I hadn't noticed this. They may be seeing an opportunity in terms of the amount of exits compared to venture capital that are going into the companies in Spain. So, for example, last year, Spanish companies were definitely in the top five countries for the most tech exits. Yet in terms of venture capital, they probably sit about sixth, seventh, eighth in terms of how much venture capital they're taking in. So there's obviously some good returns to be found in Spain. So I wonder whether Excel have seen this and now looking at that opportunity. It's also interesting to note, say, fintech and e-commerce are also very popular verticals uh, in Spain for what are getting funded also areas that Excel look at fairly regularly. So I imagine this also has something to do with it as well.
1: Yeah, and I think we have obviously quite a few other um, investment vehicles that have kind of tuned in to Spain. So we had quite a few corporate ventures, I think Unilever, Sonai, which neither of them are local, looked at a few in investments in H1. And then Camtalks, uh this one was an interesting one for me because it was backed by two French VCs, Partec and Alvin Capital. Which, even though I think they're not, you know, not averse to investing in Spain, it's not very common. They tend to normally have stronger ties, at least PARTEC, with Germany. But is actually has its headquarter based in London, so that, that could be part of the reason or integrated into that. But typically aren't a lot of French funds that are looking at the Spanish market, so we could see that changing as well. And then, yeah, just touching on what you mentioned about fintech and e-commerce, we had three of the top six rounds in Spain in the fintech space. So it's actually surpassing e-commerce as the vertical to invest in at the moment.
0: Um, Actually, I have a question for you in terms of you mentioned France and Spain together there. As someone who is uh, based in the UK these days and specializes in terms of looking at the Nordics, for me, someone who's perhaps ignorant in terms of the finer details of what's happening in Spain and France, I've always kind of seen them as pretty much levelish in terms of maturity, in terms of venture capital that they raise. I wonder, yourself being in France, whether you feel the French kind of ecosystem is more mature than Spain, pretty much level, or if you had any thoughts on that.
1: Well, so I would definitely say that France has come a long way. I'm, I'm a lot less familiar with uh, with the Spanish ecosystem. There's surprisingly not that much collaboration even between the two countries. So. I've always felt that in Europe, uh, people tend to look at markets as UK, Germany, France, Southern Europe, which is kind of lumping Spain, Italy, Portugal, and then the Nordics together. Um, And I think if we even look at, for example, the funding rankings from Q2, uh, France does rank only one or two countries higher than Spain, which is kind of a surprise to me. But the amount is actually relatively high. I think it's almost doubled. So I do think Spain probably has quite a ways to go to catch up. So I wouldn't put the two ecosystems at exactly the same level. But I do think Spain pulled in a lot of funding that was kind of unexpected. So we might be seeing that turn around. And in terms of the exits, I was pleasantly surprised as well.
0: Cool. So I think that's about it for this week. So we are now on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. So you can find us on iTunes. Um, By now, we should be searchable in the store as well. So please download the episodes and subscribe there. And, of course, uh, leave a review if you feel compelled to do so. That will really help us out. Um, And give us feedback. I've had emails. We've had comments. So thank you for taking the time to let us know your thoughts on the show. We are looking to continue to improve it, both in terms of production and in terms of the content. So we are listening. So you can reach us in the comments section via email, neil at tech.eu, roxanne at tech.eu, Twitter at neilswmurray. Roxanne at Roxanne Vasa Um, but thank you for listening and we'll be back next week thanks Roxanne
1: thanks Neil